Well, praise the Lord. If you would, take the Word of God and turn with us to Psalm 107. Psalm 107 this morning. Psalm 107. I want to begin reading there in verse 1 of that chapter, if you would follow along with us. The Word of God states, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Now, Father, as we come before your blessed throne of grace, we realize, Lord, that you're holy. And, Father, that you have given unto us the anointed one. Father, you've given unto us Christ that he might come into this world to save us. And, Father, he is still seeking, Lord, to save those which are lost. And, Father, I praise you for that salvation. I praise you today, Father, for this season that we have come into, that this season of thanksgiving. But, Father, each and every day of our lives, we should be thankful for what you have done for us. Lord, especially for that salvation. Father, for bringing us out of the miry clay and, Father, putting us on a, a solid place where we can stand for you. Lord, where we can know that we're on our way to heaven. And, Father, today I know our hearts are tender because the passing of, of Pastor Hodge, but, Father, I know that he is in a far better place. Lord, having a, a far better time even than we are here this day. For, Father, he has no worries in his heart now, no pain in his body. But, Father, blessings and praise unto you. Father, may we, by the example of this scripture today, bring praise unto you, Lord. Oh, that men and women in this congregation would see the goodness of God and, and thank you for that, Lord. We praise you for that this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated today. I want to go back and read verse 1 to you again. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Thanksgiving Day is a day of many traditional views and things uh, in our world. All across uh, our country, uh, Thanksgiving is uh, uh, kept. And some other places in our uh, country and uh, in this world, Thanksgiving is kept as well. Everyone has something, I believe, that we all can be thankful for. You know, I, I don't care who you are, where you come from. Uh, I don't care how old or how young you may be. The children downstairs as well as the teens here in our service and each and every older person that may be here, we all have something that we can be thankful for. 
Now, you may not be able to think about that very often. You may not even think about that very often, but we all do have something that we can thank God for. Some may not express it. Nevertheless, the fact still exists that uh, God wants us to be a thankful people. In the society that we live in today, uh, Thanksgiving is always synonymous with turkey and dressing and pumpkin pie, football, and family reunions, you know. Uh, those are okay, and I like all those things too. I mean, pumpkin pie, turkey, and dressing. I think up here, y'all call it stuffing or filling, you know. Uh, I'm from the South, so we called it dressing, amen. <laughs> so, uh, But whatever you call those things, I still love those things too, but that's really not what necessarily we're to be thankful for. Yes, we can thank God for the food and the provisions and our family being with us, but there's more than that to be thankful for. Uh, most encyclopedias that you uh, would pick up in the library or have in your own home, they do not refer to God when you talk about Thanksgiving or they define Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was established because early Christians saw a need to be thankful for the blessings of God. Abraham Lincoln, uh, Brother uh, Woody was sharing with us this morning in Sunday school lesson that he proclaimed the last Thursday in November to be designated as Thanksgiving. Uh, several years later, uh, it was changed to the fourth Thursday uh, to celebrate Thanksgiving. And again, everyone can be thankful for something in this world, uh, your children, your job, your economic situation, uh, all these different things you can be thankful for. Um, so I want you to follow along with me today in Psalm 107. And, and I want you to notice what this opening verse says. He says there, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. And then he tells us why that we're to give thanks unto the Lord. I believe thanks ought to be given to the Lord first of all. Amen. Amen. Every day when we get up and our eyes open up and we see the sun shining, or if you get up earlier than that and it's still dark outside, and you see that day and you breathe that new breath or fresh air that morning, that's all because of God, dear friend. It's not because of you. It's not because of something you ate or didn't eat the night before. It's not because you kissed your spouse on the cheek before you went to bed. It's all because of God, dear friend. And we need to thank God because we know, as he tells us there in verse 1, that God is good. Amen? Again, he says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. There has never been anything but good that comes from God. Uh, Woody, uh, this morning he was talking about uh, an example that you could do and you could uh, take the Bible and you could give it to someone that you're witnessing to and, and tell that person that if they could find anything bad in this book that, uh, uh, that they would burn that book. But you know what, dear friend? There is nothing bad in this book. This blessed old book has nothing but good things in it because this is the Word of God and it, it, it became flesh and dwelt among us and the Word of God is good today. In fact, I believe it's very good today. Amen? So you could uh, take things and you could take them out of context and say, Oh, preacher, uh, that's not good and this is not good. But you can't take things out of context when you're talking about the Word of God. You've got to look at things in a whole, the entire Word of God. In fact, God tells us as preachers that we must preach the entire counsel of the Word of God. That means those things that you like and those things that you do not like. 
I'm thankful that uh, uh, yesterday evening I was over at the house of uh, Pastor Hodge. And by the way, I want to dedicate this message today to the memory of Pastor Hodge. I believe that he was a very thankful man. Amen. He was a very gracious man, a very giving man as well. And I appreciate the time and the opportunity that I've had to be able to meet him and to experience his goodness firsthand. Amen. And so I believe he was a person who understood the goodness of God and how that goodness was. But as I was uh, over at the house yesterday evening, I was talking to Brother Wayne, and, and I appreciate him being here and Brother John being here in the service today and, their, and Brother Wayne's son, I forget his name. <laughs> what? Sammy. Sammy, all right. Sammy's here, praise the Lord. And I appreciate them being here, but I, I, it was something blessed me very much so last night when Wayne turned to Miss Charlotte and see, he said this. He said, I will preach tomorrow, but I will preach a gospel message. Amen. And that's exactly what we're to do is we're to preach a gospel message because the gospel is the good news unto each and every one of us. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if we do anything less than preaching the gospel, if we do anything less than preaching the good news, then we have not done what God asked us to do. And so I'm here today to tell you how good God is. Amen. We should be thankful to God because He is God, because He is who He is, because He is who He said He was, and because He came to this earth and brought salvation to each one of us. Now, how can mortality measure goodness of immortality? Man can't do that. You see, we look at God and we try to put our own thoughts and our own words to God and we can't even get close to how good God really is because we in our own lives, we are sinful. Uh, we are not right with God unless we get saved and then even then we continue to sin in our lives. Thank goodness God lets us be forgiven of those things. Amen. Man doesn't declare God good. God makes that declaration. He tells us He's good. You and I will always judge goodness from the influence of the flesh and this world, the way the world sees goodness. But if we have been uh, benefiting from uh, these things, then there needs to be that experience that comes into our life, that experience called salvation. And when that salvation comes into our life, we begin to understand a little bit more about the goodness of God then. The Bible says in Psalm 33 and verse 5, he says there, He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. It also says in Psalm 34 and verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. So we find here that God is telling us that He is good and He tells us that if we will just trust in Him that we can find blessings and opportunities that we can praise Him even more and more. So Thanksgiving, as we come about on this Thursday, uh, we are not just thankful for Thanksgiving and on this Thursday. We should be thankful each and every day of our lives. Uh, I mean, today we should be thankful. Tomorrow we should be thankful. Every single day we should be thankful because God is so good to us. Now, what are some of the things that the goodness of God does? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question because I, I think I'm going to tell you. First of all, we find in Psalm 52 and verse 1 that the goodness of God endureth, but not only does it endure, but it endures continually. So the first thing that we find out about the goodness of God is that it is here to stay. Amen? 
We are not walking away from the goodness of God. And does God not bring that to us? Yes, He does. And He does it daily, all day long. You'll never be without the goodness of God. Not one single time in your life. Secondly, it leads to repentance. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4 says, Or despiseth thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? You see, even when we got saved, it was the goodness of God that brought that salvation unto us and not only brought it to us, but brought us to that salvation. I like that song that Squire Parsons used to sing, and it talks about He came to me. You see, dear friend, you and I could not get to God without the blessing of Jesus Christ. We could not get to God without the blood of Jesus Christ. We could not get to God without the vicarious death of Jesus Christ. We had to have that today before we could get to God. And God gave that to us because He's good and He loves us. So it leads to repentance. Every person here should go home after this service and get alone. Get alone with God, wherever that place may be. When I lived in North Carolina many years ago, there was a big old rock up behind my house, and that's what I called my prayer rock. And every evening I would go out and I would climb up on top of that big old prayer rock, and I would take my Bible out there, and I would read and study my Bible out there on that prayer rock, and I would have prayer on that rock. That was my place. I don't know where your place might be. It might be up in the deer stand. You know, it's hunting season. It might be in the, in the, uh, the blind that you hunt out of. It might be in your home, uh, in your kitchen. It might be in the bathroom. You know, I don't know where you might find your prayer closet at, but you need to get home and thank God and be prayerful in this. Thank God for His goodness and what He's done for us, especially for our salvation. What is the result of a generation or generations not being thankful in our world? Not being thankful for the goodness of God. Well, we see it, don't we? We live in a world right now where people are so unthankful and so ungrateful. There's lawlessness out there. And you see that every time we turn around. Uh, uh, Woody in his Sunday school lesson this morning uh, was talking about people stopping at the stoplight, these Amazon trucks and uh, UPS trucks and the USPS trucks and all these trucks stopping and somebody coming up and robbing the packages out of the truck. And even one instance he said they were driving away with the truck itself. Lawlessness in our world today. Lawlessness when people can go loot and burn buildings and, and tear things down just because they want to. Just because they think it's fun. Oh, friend, sin is never fun. You might think there's pleasure in sin now, but I can guarantee you, dear friend, there's a season coming when that sin that you have committed is not going to be too fun for you. There's lawlessness in our world. There's no restraint in our world today. It seems like uh, people have no personal hold back, if you will. Uh, they just go ahead and say what's on their mind, and it doesn't matter if it hurts somebody, if it, if, it, if it hinders somebody from doing something. They continue doing that regardless of the effect that it puts on someone. They don't care if they hurt someone. No restraint whatsoever. Then there's a self-proclamation today. People have been doing this for years, but it seems like it's even more now. Look how good I am. <laughs> Ooh, boy. <laughs> boy, I'm somebody today. 
I want to tell you something, dear friends. We all, when we stand before God, we're all going to be the same. Amen? You know? I mean, when we stand before God, God's not going to look at us because we've got all these different letters behind our name and so forth. He's not going to make us any better than somebody that doesn't have a, a letter behind their name whatsoever, you know. We're here today because God has allowed us to be here. God has ordained for us to be here today. And so as we're here today, it, there's no one in this building any better than anyone else, and we must understand that. And our world today says, oh, no, well, you must be better than someone else today. They push it on our school systems. They try to teach our children those things. But when we stand before God, dear friend, we're all the same. Proverbs 30, verse 11 through 14 tells us this. It says, There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. Uh, you know, I, I read somewhere else in the Word of God that, that if we will be a blessing to our mothers and our father, that God adds unto us life. Amen? Adds, in, adds unto us life in our time frame. Verse 12 says, There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. They see themselves as something good. They see what they do as something good and yet it is filthiness in the eyes of God. I look at, uh, oh my goodness, I read something this week that uh, I think it was um, one of these singers, one of these country singers and some other people too had jumped on the bandwagon and said if Trump gets to be president that they're going to leave the country. I have heard that before, haven't y'all? And they're still in the country, aren't they? I said before when they said that, well, then go ahead and do it. I'll pay your fare, put you on a boat, send you 50 miles out into the ocean, take the engine off the boat and leave you there. Amen? Because that's all the goodness you are. I don't care if you have the number one country song in America for five years running. I don't care if you've got all these gold and uh, platinum records everywhere. It doesn't matter to me, dear friend, because if you can't stand for the rights of goodness and you can't stand for the rights of God, you're standing for the wrong thing. Amen? Amen? Amen. He continues on here and he says in verse 13, There's a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes. And their eyelids are lifted up. Verse 14, There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among them. I apologize for keep messing with this mic. It keeps moving on me. Maybe I need to stand still. Who knows? Oh, listen, dear friends. We're, we're, in, a, we're in a messed up world right now. And I can tell you God's, God's tired of it. God's coming back very soon. In fact, I believe it's just around the corner. We, we may not finish up this lesson this morning because God may come back before it's over. Then number two, I, I want you to notice also something else in verse 1. Not only the goodness of God, but I want you to notice the mercy of God. Verse 1 again in our, in our text scripture, verse uh, 1 of uh, chapter 107 in Psalm, he says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And then notice the first part of that next phrase, For his mercy endureth forever. God is a merciful God, isn't he? In fact, right now, he's holding back every single thing that you deserve. When Christ went to the cross and then as he gave his life up there on the cross and went into hell, he took your sins away from you, dear friends. 
He died that you might not have to die for your sins. He died that you might not have to go to hell. He went there in your stead. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. That's what verse 2 says, isn't it? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Who's the enemy? That's the old devil, isn't it? And God has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy today. He has taken us away from him and put us on a solid rock, a place where we can honor him and live for him and one day go to heaven. John is there now up in heaven, amen? We, friends, we need the mercy of God. We need it. And let me share this with you. It's always there. But one of these days the mercy of God will not be there. There is a day coming, dear friend, when the mercy of God will be gone out of this earth, when the Holy Spirit's presence will be gone out of this earth, and that is the first day of the tribulation when it begins, friends. And by the way, I won't be here then. You know why? Because I'm going to be called away in the rapture. I'm going home to be with the Lord, you know. For His mercy endureth forever, boundless mercy. Psalm 108, verse 4 says, For thy mercy is great above the heavens, and thy truth reacheth unto the clouds. That says to me that mercy is out of this world. Amen. Can I coin a phrase from today's society? <laughs> it's out of this world. Well, actually, maybe that might have been back in my day. <laughs> I don't know what you would call it today. In Lamentations chapter 3, and verse 22, he says there that it is a preserving mercy. It is of the Lord's mercies that uh, we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. Oh, I'm so glad that He loves me today. But not only it, does He love me, He is compassionate towards me. Passion. He, he not only loves me, but He brings that love to me in such a way where I never feel like I'm unloved. I always feel like God is wrapping me up in His arms and He's holding me close and He's carrying me all through the day. You say, preacher, do you ever have bad days? Every week I have bad days. But you know what? During those bad days, God is always there to hold me close and hold me tight. I know He's there with me. And then this preserving mercy that He has, if it wasn't for the mercy, His wrath would consume all of us in a very moment, just like that. We're preserved today because of His mercy. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot yet to go in this message, but just the goodness of God and His enduring mercy, that's given me reason enough right there to thank Him every single day. Amen. And then there's also penitent mercy. Joel chapter 2 verse 13 says, And rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth Him of the evil. You see, back years ago, and you can even read about it in Scripture in the Old Testament, and even sometimes in the New Testament, uh, when people would repent of their sins, they would rend their garments or they would take their garments off. They would wear an outer covering and then another outer covering on top of that. And when they would repent, they would rend these garments and they would even fall down on the earth and, and they would take sackcloth and ashes and rub that together and rub it on them, representing the fact that they had repented of their sins and they were not going to do that anymore. What happened to that day? 
I mean, sometimes we have people come up to the altar and, and they repent of their sins and they go back home and on Monday morning they're doing the very same thing that they did that they just got through repenting of. That's not repentance. Repentance is, is saying that you're not going to do this. It's rending it from your life. It's tearing it away and it never can be reconnected again. There's no super glue in the world that could reconnect it if you truly and honestly repent. I think the problem is that we don't truly and honestly repent. There's some part of us down deep in our hearts that wants to keep that sin there. God has pardoned us with His mercy. Pardoned us greatly. He has actually paroled us, if you will. He's released us from the grip of the enemy, from being there. Oh, I'm so thankful today, especially for this next one. In Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, he tells me there that he has saving mercy, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Notice what he said there. According to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. And then I want you to look into this verse 2 now. In verse 2, he tells us there, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. The redeemed are to give thanks as well. The redeemed. Now, who are the redeemed? It's you and I that have been saved. Amen? Uh, we have been given a citizenship in heaven. Uh, the Bible tells us in John 14, 2, In my Father's house are many mansions, right? If it were not so, I would have told you. I'd go to prepare a place for you. We one day are going to get to go to heaven and we're going to get to see a mansion that God right now is preparing for us. And when we get there, what a glorious time that's going to be. And every single saved person in the world is going to have a mansion. Amen? Now, I know what the NIV says. I know the NIV says that we're going to have a room. But I think I would rather have a mansion than a room. Amen? I think a mansion might be a little bit bigger than a room. Now, I know some of you are thinking out there, preacher, you probably need one of them little padded rooms right now. No. I'm just thankful that I'm a Christian today. Amen. I'm thankful that he has gathered the redeemed and will gather the redeemed from all the four corners of the earth, dear friends. And he'll bring us all together one day and we'll rise up in the sky and we'll meet him in the air. All the redeemed. So no wonder the redeemed should say so. Amen. And I think we, we ought not to wait till that time to say so. I think we ought to be saying so right now. Amen. I mean, we just come through revival services here at the church and praise the Lord. Matthew did a wonderful job preaching, but we will not have revival unless that preaching and the Holy Spirit works in your heart and changes the heart of men, changes the heart of what we say and what we do and where we're at with God. Amen. We must grow with God. And then we must go with God. Amen. There is no place that his hand cannot reach the lost soul. There is no country or continent today that you can run and hide from God. And he will redeem us, dear friends. So how do you give thanks as a redeemed person? Well, first of all, by the way you live. Live for the Lord, amen? Every day we need to live for the Lord. Look at the Bible. See the standards that God has put in His Word for each and every one of us to live by. You say, Preacher, there's no standards in there. Yes, there are. 
In fact, I wrote something down many, many years ago uh, in the front of my Bible, and I believe I still have it here. I do. It says, personal standards are to help us live a holy life. So we are not only to look at the standards of the Word of God, but we're to allow those standards that God teaches us in His Word to become our personal standards. They're to be ours. When, when we get saved, those, those standards should be adopted into our lives and we should honor God that way. And then we can live a holy life for the Lord. We can be thankful then. And then, number two, we need to be thankful and live that way by our witness. Every day you come in contact with people, do you not? Even if you sit at home, you probably get a phone call, the mailman comes by your house, the mail person comes by your house now. We've got to be politically correct now. It's not just mailmen now. There's contact that you have every day or sometime throughout that week with people, and we need to witness unto the Lord. We need to witness unto these people about our Lord and our Savior. Now, number three, what do you do for God? Well, that's a way, dear friends, that you give thanks is the way that you treat other people. I know there's some folks in this church right now that you treat people very well. And some of you may not. And those that do not, listen, dear friends, God will judge us for the way we treat people, for the things that we say to people and the, and the actions that we have towards people. So let me ask you this again. How often... How often do you give thanks for the fact that you've been redeemed? Hmm. Well, number four. Number four today. I believe the down and out should give thanks. Look at verses four through six. He says, They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. Oh, praise the Lord. He has delivered us. Even, even those that are poor, even those that wander, He has taken those, dear friend. You talk about a wilderness, dear friend. I mean, He talks about a wilderness here where there was no, no place for them. And sometimes in our life, we, we get to that place. We feel like there's no place for us. We feel like that there's, there's no way around anything. And we're, we're thirsty and we're hungry, spiritually speaking. And even sometimes physically speaking. And yet God provides for them as well. The true disciple of Christ really has no city to dwell in, do they? We're a people without a country. I mean, honestly, dear friends, I may be an American today. I may have been born in this country. But my real country is in heaven, right? So I, I, I'm a person standing here today. I have no real country. You know, I go into the grocery store, I go into the department store, I go other places, and, and when I walk in, they're not playing Christian music, are they? I mean, there's not preaching going on on the, their uh, sound system. Most of the time it's rock and roll or junk, trash. And I didn't say rock and roll to not say that it was trash also, because it is. Now, I'm sorry if you like it, and I'm sorry if you like all these other realms of music that you listen to. But listen, friends, when we are singing music and playing music that does nothing but lift up the flesh, God says that is wrong. We're to be singing songs that lift up the spirit, spiritual hymns and songs. Amen? 
true disciple of Christ, they're going to realize that, and they're going to honor the Lord. Those that are hungry and thirsty, he talks about here, doesn't he? Revelation chapter 22, verse 17 says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Come and let him that heareth say, Come. Come and let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, and let him take the water of life freely. God gives unto us that opportunity spiritually to be free, but he also gives us that opportunity physically to be free as well. Now, if you're hungry and thirsty today, if you're thirsting for God, there is a, there's an opportunity for you here today. You can be refreshed by the blessing of God. Uh, Jesus told the woman at the well that the water he gives was not that type of water, was it? It was a different type of water. It was a cleansing type of water, a refreshment, a refreshment of our souls. God has the time and he has the answer for every crisis in our life. And salvation brings that to us. So I thank God today. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20 says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today and uh, this week when you and your family and friends sit down for your Thanksgiving meal, I don't know that you'll do this, but I hope you do. I hope you'll give thanks to God for the one who has given you and made all things possible for you. Not just that nice turkey or ham or chicken that you put on your table. Or I don't know, maybe your, your traditional uh, Thanksgiving meal might be a hamburger steak. Who knows? But whatever your tradition might be, when you sit down at that table or around that table with your family or around the room with your family, let God know that you're thankful for him. Because he is good and because his mercy endures forever. And because you and I today, we're saved because of Jesus Christ. Everything that we are today is based on the goodness of God. Everything that you would ever hope to be is based on the goodness of God today. So let's stop and think about that. Let's stop and give God thanks. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with heads bowed and eyes closed today. Maybe someone would say today, well, preacher, I came to revival services this week and, and I know that God is good, but I've not been living my life like God was good. I've not been as thankful as I should have been. And I'm ashamed of that. And preacher, I want to make that right today. I wonder if there's someone in the service that would say, preacher, will you pray for me so I can make that right? Will you slip up your hand? Is there one anywhere? God bless you. Is there someone else? God sees your hands. I will not embarrass you, friend. Is there someone else to say, Preacher, pray for me? Well, then maybe there's someone in this service today and say, Preacher, I, I've never really known God. I hear about Him. I've read about Him in the Bible. I, I hear people talk to me about Him. But I don't know Him personally like you've been talking about today. I'm going to ask you, dear friend, if you've never been saved, will you slip up your hand? Is there one anywhere? Preacher, I don't know Jesus as my Savior. This would be such a great time to be thankful for that, wouldn't it? If you would just raise your hand and say, Preacher, I want to be saved. Is there one anywhere? 
Father, as we come before your throne of grace today, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you, Father, for the hands that were raised in this congregation today. And, Father, I pray for these that have raised those hands. Lord, I ask you today that whatever that need is in that life, Lord, to be closer to you, to get back close to you, Father, I pray that you would help that person to do that. And, Father, the only true way to do that is to come forward and repent of their sins and ask you, Lord, to be close to them once again, to be the Lord of their life once again instead of them being Lord of their lives. And then, Father, I pray for those that in our service may be lost today. I ask you, Father, that you might save them before it's eternally too late. And, Father, I believe that you're coming soon. And so I don't think we have much time left. And so, Father, help to lay on their hearts the expediency of that need. And, Father, help them to come to you. And then, Father, today I, I pray for each one of us that we can truly and honestly be thankful this year for who you are. Not just for the things that we have and the things that we gain. Not even for the fact that one day we'll go to heaven, but just thankful, God, for who you are, for creating us and, and for loving us. So, Father, thank you for being good. Thank you for being a merciful God that endures and your mercy endures. For, Father, because of that, I know I cannot lose my salvation. And so I praise you for that. I praise you this day for those that have come this day. And I ask you, Lord, that through your Holy Spirit that you might speak to them now. And these things we ask now in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sister Heather's going to come, and we're going to sing a number. I don't know what she's picked out, but whatever it is. If God's spoken to your heart today... Maybe you raised your hand a while ago for some reason, maybe for prayer, for salvation. I'm going to ask you to come to this altar, and I'm going to ask you to kneel and pray. I'll come by, and I'll pray with you, and I'll help you find what you need to find, dear friends, because that's my job here as pastor. I'm to lead you. I'm to lead you to a place that you can come to, a place that you can be forgiven, a place that you can understand God, a place that you can feel comfortable at. And that's what pastors do. And that's what Pastor Hodge did all those years that he pastored here. And I thank him for that because I see the evidence of all that out here in this congregation now. Let's not let this die. Let's keep on doing that. Amen. Sister, what number? 676, face to face. Have you ever thought about that? Being face to face with Jesus? What's it going to be? What's that question going to be like? when you're face to face with him as we sing
face to face with our Savior. John has already been there. Amen. Face to face with him. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, I was thinking the moment I found out that he had passed away, I thought to myself, well, there's an empty seat. An empty seat that cannot be filled. I miss him. But you know what? I'll see him again one day. And even greater than that, I'll see my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, one day. And I really thank him for that. Amen. Are you really thankful today? If you're thankful for your salvation, you're thankful for this church, then let somebody know that. Amen. You tell somebody that. That's your homework for this week. Tell somebody how thankful you are. Amen. Let's be dismissed in a word of prayer. Brother Wayne, I'm glad you're here today. Would you dismiss us in a word of prayer?